Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Come on, are you ready for the word of God? Open your Bible, Psalm 105 verse 13. 105 verse 13. I have to move fast from verse 13 to 15. Are you with me? It says, when they went out from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Everybody read verse 15 together, loud as you can, one, two, go. So, as we forge ahead in our study on divine leading, you see, one people group that foreshadowed God's destiny for the new church, for the, for the local church, especially as it pertains to supernatural leading, would be the Jews. When you see the way God brought them out of Egypt, and the story will hit different when you realize they were going to a place they had never been before. How did they know the way? Well, the Bible tells us that during the day, there was a pillar of cloud. Can you imagine that? And in the night, a pillar of fire. And so, the pillar would be moving and they'll be following. And when it comes to a point where they ought to rest, the pillar will stop moving and so they will camp there for a bit. And when it's time to move again, it will start moving. And just imagine that. I'm telling you this story because... When it comes to the leading of God, you must first embrace that possibility that this is your destiny and this is your life. And so when you see stuff like this, as dramatically supernatural as it is, you must embrace it that yes, that's my life. I also can walk in the precise, specific leading of God for my life. That I'm literally going to a place that I don't even know. And accurately... Without fail, for years, the presence of God, the Shekinah is leading me. This is before the advent of Google Maps. There was a navigation in God, a supernatural navigation. And this is what he says. He reproved kings for their sake. Ah, yeah, yeah. He suffered no one to do them wrong. Now, the person who is talking, is talking in retrospect. He's talking about what God did for Israel. And I'm prophesying over you. In 30 years time, you'll be looking back and this will be your story. Yeah. That he suffered no one to do me wrong. Yeah. He reproved kings for my sake. Yeah. No wonder as I journeyed, <laughs> I never had an accident. Because there was a mark on me, a touch not mark on me. No wonder the things that made others to fall, you know, only made me stronger because there was a prophecy, a mark on my life. Hallelujah. He reproved kings for their sake. Suffered no one to do them wrong. Saying, touch not. And this is the part every one of you must pay attention to because somehow it is only men of God who quote this text. But he was talking about the children of Israel as a whole and he called all of them anointed. Maybe this is where we need to begin. You need to start walking in the consciousness of the anointing. I'm anointed. Hey, I might not be holding the microphone this morning, but I'm anointed. 
Hey, I might just be the camera guy. Listen, no one sees me, but through my service, everyone else is seen, but I'm anointed. I might be the usher, usher, the protocol guy, but I'm anointed. Listen, I might be in the children's department, but I'm anointed. When he said, touch not my anointed, he wasn't talking to pastors. He was talking to all his children. What a consciousness we ought to have. And we must walk in that consciousness. This anointing is not for pastor alone. This is my destiny in God. So listen, we're talking about something in the Old Testament. Prefiguring God's plan for the church. And then the next part, it says, and do my prophets, pluralized prophets, do my prophets no harm. So he saw them as a company of prophets. <laughs> that means divine leading was common to every one of them. At least that was God's design. That divine leading. He wants to make us a company of prophets. Uh -uh, scratch that. He has made us a company of prophets. I'm not talking about the office per se. I'm talking about the gifts. That in my life, I can walk in prophetic precision. I can know what the will of God is. I can know. And I can walk in it. I can walk in the consciousness. I don't have to walk in the dark. He said, do my prophets no harm. Hey. Say, I walk in prophetic accuracy. Say, I see. I hear. Beyond natural perception. Say, I always know what to do. Say, that's my life. That's my life. Brag about it. Say, that's my life. So Paul told the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5, 17. He says, wherefore, be ye not unwise, understanding what the will of God is. God wants you to understand his will, to function in accuracy. Of course, in this context, he's talking about, you know, discerning accurately the word of God. But also, in a practical, supernatural, pragmatic way, I can know the will of God and I can walk in it. In fact, I know the will of God and I walk in it. So the title of my sermon is Training the Human Spirit. How can I bring myself to a point of proficiency where I can say for a fact that when God speaks, I hear and I walk in divine leading. How can I stir up my spirit, you know, to more consciousness? We've heard time and again about the nature of the human, the human being. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Many people have called man tripartite or tripartite because he is a spirit and has a soul and lives in a body. But there is one problem. According to the prophecy in the book of Revelations, you know, and of, of course, even Jesus said this and Paul said this many times in the epistles. You're going to receive a new body. Paul told the church at Corinth, you're going to leave this body aside and take on a new one. If indeed you are a tripartite being, then when you receive a new body, you'll be a new person altogether, a different person altogether. But that's not true. You'll be the same person who just changed house. That means your body is not especially or essentially a part of you. You have a body, you are not a body. Just like you have a phone, but you are not a phone. Just like you live in your house, but your house is not part of you. Come on, are you with me? Listen, every burial you have ever attended, 
know for a fact that that person still exists. He just left that house. So listen, it will help your consciousness. This is not semantics. It will help your consciousness to embrace the truth that you are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. And by the way, that body is going to change. But you will be the same person. Say loud, amen. amen. And so the same way your natural senses exist, spiritual senses exist. You must begin to train them. You must begin to acknowledge them. Oh my God. Just the same way you can be upstairs in, the, in, in your room and then all of a sudden you smell something burning in the kitchen and you run down to the kitchen and you turn off the stove or the oven, you know. Once upon a time when you were much younger, it was always your parents or your older ones who would pick that scent. Children don't really, even if the house is burning down, they are not quick to perceive it. Come on, are you with me? But through use and maturity, you began to pick it. So you have trained your natural senses. When you touch a hot surface, in split seconds, your nerve sends a message to your brain. Your brain warns you, remove your hand. That's natural senses, sense of touch. But in the realm of the spirit, there are senses. And so Jesus tells Nicodemus, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that's a different type of sight. That's a different type of sight. Your natural eyes may be working well. It don't mean you're going to see the kingdom of God. If you're going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. One day, Jesus was walking in a multitude. And everyone, because of proximity, a lot of people were at least touching him at every point in time. But the woman with the issue of blood came with intent and with supernatural expectancy, touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus felt something leave him. And he said, someone touched me. And it was a ridiculous question or a ridiculous statement to make, at least to the disciples. He said, so many people are thronging you. How, why, why would you say someone touched you? But there was a different type of touch. Hallelujah. Come on. There is a sense of touch in the spirit. <laughs> Some of you have felt it before. Some are oblivious to this. They don't know what I'm talking about. But listen, God can touch you and you can touch God. You can just feel a shift from inside you. Has it ever happened to you? You know, you were praying, you know, just calm. And all of a sudden, it's like a switch came on inside you and you became violent. And you started praying, and you couldn't understand why. God touched you. Something touched you. So I'm telling you so that the next time it happens, you can be more aware. Because you need to train your spirit man. Let me tell you something. Everyone has questions about their spirit. They might not be able to articulate it, but everyone who is an adult at some point has had some form of perception that is beyond the ordinary. I'll give you two simple examples. Have you ever felt all of, all, all of a sudden that someone was looking at you and you turned your back and you were right? Has that happened to you before? How, do you, how did you know? Do you have eyes behind your head? Have you ever been to somewhere for the first time and felt like you had been there before? 
and the conversations is it's just awkward because the conversations, everything happening, it's like this has happened. I've been here. This has happened to me before. You are a spirit. And when you acknowledge it, the better for you. And if you don't learn to train your spirit, there'll be a lot of guesswork in your life. Some people, they just fluctuate when it comes to discernment. Always guessing. You know, some people don't even know who a true man of God is. They don't know. They can't tell. And so the people were looking at Paul. A serpent fastened his hand, uh, fastened around his hand. And they said, oh, this guy must have sinned. That's why God is about to punish him. And then the serpent beat him. But instead of dying, instead of the poison affecting him, he just shook off the serpent into the fire and he was fine. And the same people changed their mind and said, ah, this must be a man of God. In split seconds, you have changed your mind. Do you know that's how some people just vacillate? No core conviction. Never sure of anything. Moving from career to career, ministry to ministry. God has told them contrary things, you know. No wonder God had to vindicate himself and say, I'm not an author of confusion, you know. <laughs> because a lot of people, you know, have accused him of saying things he never said. But you can train your spirit. How do I train my spirit? Number one. Believe that God is a master communicator. Hi, my God. You see, sometimes when I'm sharing keys that changed my life, I want to finish preaching so that we can pray. Sometimes when I'm sharing keys that changed my life, I'm just hoping, you know, you know when something is special to you and you're about to give it out and you hope people will value it? This is that moment. This changed my life for years. I really wanted to hear God clearly. I didn't know how to go about it. But one day I discovered God is a master communicator. Do you, listen, 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 listen. I started boasting about God's ability to speak to me than about my ability to hear God. It seems like the same thing, but the focus is different. God can talk to me. Ah, ah. Even if, even if there are things I don't know about divine leading, he can navigate around my weakness and still reach me somehow. And still reach me somehow. He has gone out of his way for people in the past. He will go out of his way for me. By his mercy and his love, he will go out. I'm praying for every one of you who is at the verge of making the wrong choice. God is not going to stand back and watch you. By his mercy, any way he chooses, either by multiple confirmations, by dreams, by visions, he will convince you, he will tell you what to do. Say amen like your life depends on it. Uh -uh. He gave Peter a trance three times. When he woke up, he already had people at the door and he said, follow them. That's multiple confirmation upon confirmation. That's God, a master communicator. Even if you were going to doubt the dream, the fact that people were already at your door from Cornelius' house, you know it was not just a dream. That's my Jesus. 
Say, that's my Jesus. I mean, look at it. It changed my life years ago. You know, reading Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Moses didn't read any book about divine leading. He didn't know seven steps to hearing God's voice. Angulate your ear this way. Raise your right leg. He know that. So now, God is going to speak to someone who had never heard him before. What does he do? He wants to catch his attention. He sets a bush on fire. Just imagine, he goes that far. And the bush is burning, but it's not consumed. He knew he would catch Moses' attention. And the Bible says, Moses stepped aside to see. And when God saw that he had stepped aside to see, he called him. <laughs> God can get your attention. I'm telling you he can. And I'm telling you he will. Start believing it. <laughs> say, say, say that, say, God can get my attention. Uh, in fact, say, he gets my attention all the time. All the time. All the time. You know, days ago, I was dragged on Twitter for posting a video, and I don't care. <laughs> Listen, two things. I fear God, number one. Number two, I'm intelligent. I'm not a dummy. I know a lot of people already have trust issues with pastors, so they're already inclined, you know, to doubting things like that. But look at it. No bird has ever knocked on any window in our house that way before. Not to my knowledge. And since it happened, it has not happened again. You know, someone said, ah, um, birds come to my window every morning. Even if you have an aviary in your house, I don't really care. Even if they come to your living room, I don't care. My own is this. I almost overslept because I, I had a long preaching week. And I needed to wake up for service. And at the exact time I was to wake up, a bread was on my window. There are four or five windows in my room. The exact one over my head. And it was knocking. Boom, boom, boom. With the beak. Knocking until I woke up. When I woke up, the bed flew away. Uh, uh, see, <laughs> make what you want of it. One thing is sure. It worked. I woke up. <laughs> I went to church. <laughs> Do you understand? So, I don't really care. Do you understand? I, see, I keep doubting the supernatural in my life and be seeing the results. In 20 years' time, you will now be sure. But I hope you won't wait till then to activate it in your own life. And you see, God leads me like his Bible days. I, I'm strange like that. And it started by me believing God can get my attention. About four years ago, Reboot Camp, you know, God, you know, had told me he had some things to tell me. So I was supposed to wake up at a particular time. I set my alarm, but I was too tired. So I overslept. No, 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 no. I slept off while praying, so I, I didn't set the alarm. At the time I was supposed to wake up, I started hearing wah, 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 wah. I woke up, I quickly grabbed my phone. I thought it was my phone. It was not my phone. No alarm anywhere. I was hearing alarm sound. <laughs> I said, wow, really? Really? Angels, we are getting creative now. <laughs> I want you to receive it in your own life. I want you to. I walk in divine leading. 
Say it again. Say, I walk in divine leading. So you start, you start embracing it. You start bragging about it. Uh-uh. Is it. Did he not lead Moses? Have those days passed? Is it not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Uh-uh. He will lead me. I want to give you 10 seconds. Just make those declarations. I'm led of the Lord. <laughs> I'm led of the Lord. That's my life all the time. All the time. All the time I'm led. In Jesus' mighty name of prayed. I have to move fast. I'm wondering how I'm going to finish this. Number two. Start looking beyond your natural eyes. Ah, if you want to grow your spirit, you have to use your spirit. Start looking beyond your natural eyes. You've learned to trust your eyes and your ears so long. And that's good, but it can be an affront to the school of the spirit. Start trusting the spirit. Listen, now, in any business deal or any relationship you want to enter, even if it looks good to your eyes, still pray. That's how you start trusting. Follow the nudges of the spirit. Listen, listen, listen. Never go by face value again in your life. And so when the prophet goes to anoint someone in David's house and he sees Eliab with the broad chest, he meets the description physically because all of us have a picture in our mind of who the king should look like. They would have made a mistake choosing Eliab. How will Eliab face Goliath? Because you might be taller than everyone in Israel, just like Saul, but you are not taller than Goliath. If you trust in your flesh, you will, you will still see the one that passed you. That's, that's when you will understand when the Bible says the arm of flesh will fail. When you see a beast with six fingers, that's when you will know that you better trust in the Lord. And that you are better off with a sling and with few stones if the Lord is on your side. Are you listening to me? And so God corrected him. Ah, no, Samuel. Men trust the outward appearance, but I, God, judge the heart. <laughs> so now, if it's the leading of the Spirit, I'm going to have to discern the way God discerns. Some people look innocent. They are the ones that can kill you. Are you listening to me? Learn to listen to your spirit. And some people look very harsh and they are very nice. They can't hurt a fly. Start trusting your spirit. In normal human relations, you know, some people just look at fine people and assume that because they are fine, they are good. If you don't learn that it is not always the case, you will be in trouble. Learn to see deeper than people's skin. Learn to see deep. Use your spirit. Descend properly. Even if you can't explain it. You, if there is just, just a restraint in your heart. Run. Oh. Turn your back and go. Please, are you listening to this? Uh-huh. So, when you are choosing a spouse, feel free to choose, you know, um, what you like. God is not against that. But I hope 
that you will not ignore obvious promptings from your spirit. Because men look on the outward, but I, the Lord, looks on the heart. So let me tell you something. When I was training myself, you know, to pick things prophetically, I had to learn to see beyond people. Because sometimes, the Lord will give you an information, you look at the person, ah, no, this one, it can't be now, I'm wrong. <laughs> I remember the time, you know, we were supposed to pray for a lady, cast out demons out of her. When we entered the room, her hair was tied like this, and she was singing worship song, waiting for us. He's a great provider. Ah. In my mind, I was like, are we, not, are we not wasting our time? Can this one? By the time we touched her like this, masculine voice. Judge <laughs> <laughs> with your spirits. Come on, are you with me? Don't marry a monster, a fine-looking monster. Judge with your spirit. Start trusting your spirit. Start learning to wait. Start learning to pray. Which leads me to the next point. Prayer. You train your spirit by praying. Come on, are you with me? You move from the point where you think that seeing is believing and you move to the point where you, you, you embrace the truth that believing is seeing. Let me take that again. You move from seeing is believing to believing is saying. That's how you learn to train your spirit. Yeah, I know my eyes are proving, but let my spirit approve too. Can you give me to you tomorrow? I just want to pray. I just want to pray. I just want to pray. Go and pray. I discovered that almost all supernatural experiences in the Bible were tied to prayer. All. All. As Jesus was entering the water to be baptized, the Bible says he was praying. And the heaven rendered open. Listen, even if it was already God's plan, he prayed. The revelation that Ananias saw, seeing Saul praying, you know, seeing Saul in the house and on the streets, you know, and all of that. Saul was praying when he saw that revelation. You know, God told Ananias that. He said, right now he's praying. Prayer activated the prophet. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just imagine you were Peter. In prison, all of a sudden, an angel appears, smites you on the side, says, stand up. And as you guys are walking, the doors are opening on their own accord. And you literally get home to find people praying. So it was prayer that stirred up angelic assistance, angelic help. I've seen it many times. Let me tell you something. Even when you want to prepare for a service like this, just pray. You know, I was pre preaching somewhere yesterday, and this has happened many times. <laughs> I know many of you will start doing it now, but no problem. A lady attended the service where I was preaching yesterday, and she was struggling to focus. It was hard because recently her parents had just told her, you know, this marriage is over. We just want you to know as our daughter, we are going our separate ways. So it bothered her. She was not meant to be in the program. She just struggled and found her way. So right there where she was seated, she just said, God, you know, I'm not even listening to this sermon. But if you really wanted me to be here, please give me a word. Let this man of God call me out. She said, it wasn't even up to two minutes. I just went to the right. I said, there is a lady here. Your parents are pastors and they had said they are going their separate ways. She just broke down in tears. Now, thank God for prophetic gifts and all of that. 
You know, but prayer can just stir it up. Listen, do you know that if you pray for your church more, the miracles will increase? Are you aware? So this, this is supernatural intelligence. And in your life too. When you pray, you magnet the prophetic to your life. You magnet the supernatural. You draw it home. You just activate it in your life. You know another thing? Let me tell you something. When it comes to the human nature, we've been talking about body, soul, and spirit, spiritual and body. Are you aware of some people subconsciously, they change the order. Some people would rather say body, soul, and spirit instinctively instead of saying spiritual and body. And it's a real thing. Depending on which one has the preeminence. And the Bible does tell us in Galatians chapter 5, from verse 15 all the way to the end of the chapter, you know, that the flesh was against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. So for your spirit to gain preeminence, the flesh has to be put under. Come on, are you with me? And guess what? Prayer puts the flesh under. It just heightens your spirituality. It just heightens your sensitivity. Some people, God can be touching them like this. They won't know. They come into a service like this and they're just wondering, why is everybody shouting? Ah, why is she crying? Why is it, you know? Ha. There's a biblical explanation for your apathy. It says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. So it is either of two things. It's either you're not saved or you're untrained. You must open your spirit to God. Otherwise, you'll be surrounded by angels and you will not know. You will sleep on an altar. Altar. Are you aware? Jacob was sleeping on an altar. He made it his pillow. He slept. Not knowing that that was the remains of the altar of Abraham. Until in the dream, he saw a ladder from heaven touching the sky. Some of us are sleeping on altars. Things that have supernatural significance, we don't understand them. But as we pray, and the next point I want to talk about, as we practice, our supernatural intelligence will increase. You know, I was in Abuja and a friend of mine told me one strange experience he had. He said he just woke up suddenly in the night and had the knowledge to go to his living room. And in his living room, he just saw fire. Not natural fire. He just saw fire. And he was like, what is this? So he walked to the fire and suddenly there was like a bubble, you know, staring him up to pray. And he started praying. His wife woke up, was wondering what was happening, came. As he just stretched his hand to his wife, his wife fell down. This was happening in the living room. So he was asking me, what is that? You know, I, I felt like Eli, you know, with experience. I was not there, but I know what you saw. I said, first and foremost, that was not fire. Those were angels. You know, the Bible says he makes his angel spirits and his ministers what? He wasn't talking about ministers of the gospel. He was talking about the same people, angels. Angels are ministers. I, come on, are you with me? So he makes, so when you see angels many times, I knew that because I've seen it many times. You just see fire. I said, what you felt in your living room, that's how I preach. That's how I minister. When angels just go and stand beside people, I, I know what it means. So what he experienced, you know, one-off with supernatural intelligence, it can become recurrent. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? So we practice. You start practicing the word. If you don't practice divine leading, it will die. It will cease. Because what you don't exercise will die or won't grow. So even if the leading comes late, 
you had already given everyone your word. Oh, don't worry, I'll be there tomorrow. And all of a sudden, last minute, you have a notch. Don't go. You know what some people will do? They fear men more than they fear God. They will go. Many people have entered trouble that the Lord warned them about. Hallelujah. No leading without lordship. <laughs> he must be lord of your life. Since I'm squeezing the time, that leads me to the next. That's point what now? Oh my God. Are you ready for this one? Come on, are you, say, are you ready for this one? This is the most important principle. Even if you don't know all the rest, if you know this one, you will walk in the leading of God. Let me tell you this. This was the prophecy of Jesus. In the volumes of the books it is written, Lo, I am come to do your will, O God. So, Jesus' only ambition was to fulfill the word of God. If you embrace this in your life, divine leading will pursue you. Now you go tired. So this is what I want to explain to you. <laughs> First and foremost, God is God-centered. He's committed to his own plan. It is only a privilege that you are in it. Come on, are you with me? It is only a privilege that you are involved. So he's committed to his own plan. So with consecration and with selflessness, you will find that the supernatural will just become natural in your life because you will always be in the will of God. Always in the will of God. If you want to talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit, you need to know who the Holy Spirit is first. He's the spirit of truth. God gave the spirit for a specific task. Jesus said he will bear witness of me. Meaning, the Holy Spirit is committed to the gospel of Christ. Not to advancing your own personal life. You are but a subset of an overarching priority in heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? God wants all men saved. And he has given his Holy Spirit for that task. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. He wants to witness... He wants witnesses of his message in the world. So you walk in divine leading when you become God-centered. When you align your heart and you say, you know what, God? I just want to do what you will have me do. If you are looking for a man on the earth you can send, you can always call me. Do that and see if the supernatural will not pursue you. Are you listening to me? This is very simple but powerful, though. So the irony is, <laughs> when you change your priority for divine leading, you work more in it. Some people are eager for divine leading because they want to advance their own agenda. But the irony is, you have a, a greater sense of direction of the future when you don't care as much what the future holds. <laughs> you just want to do the will of God. Some of you, that's why you have not even heard God because you are so set in your own ways. You are so sure that this is what you want to do and you are just seeking divine approval. You're trying to get God to bless what you're doing instead of doing what God is blessing. Hence the frustration. But when you 
put aside your plans. That's why you need to speak in tongues. <laughs> Have you ever been speaking in tongues before? You thought you were praying about something, but God was now telling you about something else unrelated. That's, see, when you speak in tongues, what should be your priority will come to your mind, no matter what you thought it should, it should be. Come on, are you with me? This is so powerful and important. And the reason, oh Jesus, hey, are you ready for this? The reason why this is important is this. When you are consecrated, you will come to a point where even without your permission, God will do what he wants to do in your life. So when God observed, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a help meet for him. He did not discuss with man. Are you aware? He didn't tell him that this is what we want to do. Mm -mm. <laughs> the man just slept and woke up and there was a woman in front of him. There are things you need that you don't know you need. Hey, God. Are you with me? There are things you need that you don't even know you need. But the man who is consecrated will find himself resting. And a creative miracle will start happening. Listen, this is the law of Ezo. The irony of life is there are some people who want this and are working hard towards it and don't experience it. And some others are just sleeping. They wake up and there is Eve, a product of their rib. God is looking for people who are about his agenda so that he can use you to carry out his own plan, even without your permission, in such a way that... If you are walking in what I'm saying, eh? even if bad things are happening, forge ahead. It will turn out for good. <laughs> it will make sense at the end. Just like Joseph. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's, it's part of it. It's part of it. When you are consecrated to the plan of God, even the mistakes you make and the mistakes of others will be interwoven into his sovereign plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Interwoven into his sovereign plan. And then, 10 years down the line, wow! This was what God was doing all this while. Some of us are too fixated on, you know, our stereotypical perspective of divine leading. God has to say, go. Turn right. Turn left. Mm -mm. You know what I prefer? Carry me, they go. Just the, my job, I, I don't even need the explanation all the time. <laughs> just be doing it. Come on, are you with me? And you will just discover. And you'll be able to speak with confidence like Paul and say, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So in the New Testament... One of the biggest prophecies from the Old Testament about the redemptive work of Christ was Jonah in the belly of the fish. Did that ever occur to you? That at Jonah's lowest point in life, where he was suffering the repercussion of his disobedience, the greatest prophecy about the death and burial of Jesus was being fulfilled. I mean, with his disobedience, the lowest point of his life became the greatest point of his life. Are you aware? 
there was nothing more significant about Jonah's life in the grand scheme of things. According to God's prophetic template for his life, the greatest thing Jonah did was that he was in the belly of the fish. <laughs> that was the greatest thing Jonah did. Because he showed by that that Christ would die three days and will rise again. <laughs> if they had known, they would not have crucified. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where God walks with your life a story. He makes you... Even, even your mistakes get... It's not as if you are consciously trying to make mistakes. So you're just consecrated, following God's plan. But he walks in everything for your good. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy that even the mistakes you have made, the things that people thought would disqualify you and would end you, will be part of your testimony. I said they will be part of your testimony. What took others out will make you stronger. Say amen like you believe. You know, I've shared this time and again. Sarah's doubt became part of the testimony. God said, according to the time of life, this time next year, according to the time of life, Sarah will have a child. And she laughed. And instead of God saying, you laughed, you are disqualified. He said, the child will be called laughter. Isaac means laughter. Isaac means laughter. Come on, are you with me? Even the mistakes become part of the story. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Anybody called like that in this place? So you're going to have to start training yourself. You know, <laughs> sometimes when I function in the prophetic, I laugh because I know that if the same thing happened to me five years ago, I would have missed it. I was preaching yesterday, you know, and some people came out, you know, for some form of order call. And just to my left, I saw a name just flash. Years ago, I would have thought oh, my mind is just thinking things, you know, but I knew what that was. I said, Ulua Tobi, who is that? And there was someone standing just to my left. That was his name. See, sometimes we think that um, the people who function in these things, there's someone just whispering that, yes, yes say. <laughs> the things of the Spirit don't work like that. Let me tell you this. Just an impression. If, listen, if an angel touches you on the shoulder, you will receive information. Do you understand what I just said? Some of you know what I'm saying. Some of you know. Are you with me? If God stares at you, his lips don't need to move. You will know what he's saying. And that's how spiritual gifts work. It's just a nudge. You just know. It's just a knowing. Sometimes you will just be pressed in your spirit to do something, not to do something. Ah, a friend of mine put it beautifully. It's, this, it's the traffic light of heaven. The green says go. Yellow says get ready. Sometimes it's not time. The Lord is saying prepare. Sometimes it's red. Stop. It's, it's, just, it's just like a traffic light. You just, you just sense it, a nudge. Oh, I'm, I'm going to stop this. Oh, I'm going to prepare for this. Oh, it's time to forge ahead. He called us a company of prophets. 
do my prophets no harm. Any prophets in the house? <laughs> you say, I, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> I don't walk in the dark. You have to learn to talk like that, too. Say, I don't walk in the dark. Uh, when Gehazi comes back, you know, trying to give you some story, he said, was, was my spirit not with you? <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. You know, once upon a time, my wife was in the kitchen. I just saw a screen in front of me. <laughs> I was eating. I saw a screen in front of me, and I saw some, one guy telling two people some negative things about me. So I called her. Do you remember? I called her. I said, this guy, this is what he's telling people. And she said, ah, no, he will never do that. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, my wife, being the best, you know, I'm just encouraging, not doubting. <laughs> I said, well, that's what I saw. Two weeks later, the Lord had convicted him, so he came and said, I'm sorry, pastor. Like, I wasn't in a good place, so I was saying this about you. I said, who were the people you were talking to? This person and this person. They said, yeah, I called my wife. I said, yeah. Hallelujah. But sometimes, even if there is no screen in front of you, you just know. You just know. You just know. You just perceive. Not a smell. It's just an impression. Hallelujah. He has made us a company of prophets. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings. Blessings.